Well, hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the Christian Bible Study Ministry Podcast. And as always, I will begin this by saying that I hope that um, this program finds you blessed and I hope that you are being blessed and that whatever your needs are, that they will be met in some kind of way, um, in whatever which way God, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in whatever which way God sees fit to uh, meet those needs. Uh, today, uh, we are going to talk about a subject which a lot of people find very uncomfortable, and uh, it is the subject of hell. You know, what is the what is the reality of hell? And uh, it is something that uh, that we will find. Uh, is a real place. It is something that uh, some churches and Christians want to shy away from because it's not a, as I said, a comfortable subject for a lot of people to try to deal with. And uh, we will we will be reading a few different passages of Scripture here in discussing this. Uh, if you have a Bible handy, uh, turn to Luke chapter 16 and we will be going through verses 19 through 31 here this is the story of uh, the rich man and Lazarus and so we will start in verse 19 there was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day at his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. Uh, you know, in our world today, we see this. Uh, the rich and the poor are basically just right in front of each other in some cases. Uh, you know, the poor man had, for his food, whatever uh, was apparently given to him, if anything was given to him at all from the rich man's household after they were done eating. Uh, and his doctors were basically the dogs that would come and lick his sores. And, uh, you know, I honestly have a feeling that he was, uh, he was better, he was better cared for by the dogs than anyone from the rich man's household. Uh, and in a way, this is also kind of a, uh, uh, a reminder of how it's like no matter how bad what kind of how bad a shape you're in you know there's always got to be something there for you know to, to help you uh, dogs will uh, lick wounds there they have certain antibiotic properties in their saliva which is uh, kind of fascinating to me but anyway um, <clears throat> uh, verse 22 uh, the time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And here is where it gets pretty real, I guess you could say. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called up to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me, and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, 
because I am in agony in this fire. You know, the the rich man was no true child of Abraham, but he might have been one physically as a Jew. He might have been a physical descendant of Abraham, but uh, obviously, spiritually, he was not a true child of Abraham. His treatment of the poor man is an illustration of just one aspect of his character, and uh, it is interesting in it that it is made clear Lazarus was welcomed and escorted to heaven by the angels, whereas the rich man was buried and went to torment in Hades. And we know we must have been in, he must have been in agony just from seeing the poor man and Abraham in paradise. You know, his torment is a literal spiritual fire of some kind. Uh, you know, he just begged for a drip of water from Lazarus. You know, he didn't uh, ask to be released from uh, the prison that he was in because he he knew that uh, there was no escaping it. He said, I am in agony in this fire. He just wanted one drop of water from Lazarus's finger. And, you know, that that is a pretty uh, uh, thought-provoking idea because that's not much water at all he wanted just a tiny even just a tiny little bit would have been of some minuscule uh relief to him and uh that that tells me that uh for one thing hell is a real place and there is no escape there's no escape from hell and so if once you're there you're there And verse 25. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in, in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you a great chasm has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. You know, heaven and hell are separated. No one can pass from either place once they are there. Hell is forever hell, just as heaven is forever heaven. And we go down to verse 27. He answered then, I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father, Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. Here we have a fantastic statement which, did, which reveals the hardness of the unbelieving heart. The rich man was concerned for his brothers who were unbelievers, and yet Abraham tells him that if they would not listen to the word of God, they would not believe anyone from the dead who went to warn them. And people who refuse to believe will do just that. They will remain in unbelief. It's just stubbornness. It is a stubborn uh, refusal to uh, commit to the gospel. They refuse to believe in Jesus Christ. 
Nothing will convince them simply because of their stubbornness. Their stubbornness and persisting in their unbelief. So, the rich man was definitely there. He was never going to get out. And he was in a literal, lasting state of torment and agony. He was there in the flame. And he had evidently every opportunity to think about all the times that he rejected uh, the Lord and of all the times that he refused to help the uh, poor man and that by itself is a uh, torture <clears throat> excuse me so now I want to uh, go to the book of Revelation and uh I will, we will read Revelation chapter 20, verse 15. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. You know, now this is a very simple statement, but it's also a very powerful one as well. It, a question could be asked, you know, what is the book of life? The book of life simply is this. It is a list of of all the true Christians, every true Christian who has ever lived has their name basically written down with God. He knows who they are. And if any name is not in that list, then that person is going to be thrown into the lake of fire. Pretty frightening thought. It's a pretty frightening thought. But it's telling us here that if your name is not written in the book of life, then you are not saved and you have no hope of eternal life unless you repent from your unbelief and accept Jesus Christ. We'll go to Revelation chapter 21 verse 8. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. <clears throat> uh, every one of us has at some time in our lives done these things to some degree. I have. You know, um, I've never killed anybody, but I've certainly had hateful thoughts in my heart before against uh, certain people, and uh, my mind has not always been the most pure thing, and I've had bouts with unbelief. I've been afraid to do what God wants me to do sometimes, and I have put things before the Lord, and I have told lies before. So, and that's a, you know, that's an admission that some people might not be willing to make, but it's something that we should. And all Christians were, at, were all of these things, but are no more so in the eyes of God. The lost person, however, still retains all of these titles. You know, God does not look at the true Christian as a sexually immoral person 
or a murderer or an unbeliever or a cowardly person the way that he would a uh, lost person. Um, those those names have been erased from from the uh, from the Christian. They no longer apply. Uh, the cowardly and the unbelieving are the ones who reject Christ. They are simply cowards. Uh, the vile and the murderers. The sexually immoral practitioners of magic arts, idolaters, and all liars, everyone who is not saved, in other words, they do not have the blood of Christ to cover them because they've rejected it. The blood of Christ erases all of these titles from a person. They are seen, the, when the person becomes saved, they are seen as a child of God and not a sexually immoral or vile person or a murderer or anything that is unholy. And they are seen as holy in the eyes of God. Their charges, the charges against them have been dismissed. The charges against us were dismissed. <clears throat> on the cross at Calvary some 2,000 years ago, all we have to do is to say, Lord, I believe in what you did. I believe in your son, Jesus Christ, and I want the Holy Spirit in my life. Once you have that, you are baptized into the body of Christ. You are seen as being holy. You no longer, <clears throat> excuse me, you no longer have any part in the lake of fire. The second death is something that you will never experience because you are a person who has been baptized into the body of Christ. Your sins have been forgiven. You no longer have a place in hell. It has been forgiven. All of your sins have been forgiven already. And I think it's uh, there's something that I want to talk about here. It's interesting that the Bible mentions that hell is the second death. You know, you've died one time. You know, we die once physically. That is the first death. The second death is a thing that is horrible enough. It is a state of existence which is horrible enough to be called a second death. Even though your soul is never destroyed in hell, your soul remains in hell it is not life. It is such a horrible existence that it is called the second death. It is, an, it is a state of eternal separation from God and anything that is good. It is strictly, totally, purely an awful place. And I know a lot of people want to say that it is a... It, it is either a, a place that does not exist that, uh, you know, people, 
you know, that everyone goes to heaven, which is uh, a teaching that is called universalism, which is patently a heresy, it's false. Uh, or some people want to believe that hell is a temporary place to where uh, the person is destroyed. And I just don't believe that there's any real evidence to support that idea uh, that is called annihilationism. Uh, I believe that the Lord is telling us that hell is an eternal place. It is an eternal place of suffering and punishment for those who have rejected the Lord. You know, Satan and his uh, minions, his demons will be there for all eternity and so they were created beings they are they are created beings just like we are so we all whoever winds up in hell is going to be there forever uh, there's no escape from it no escape from the pain and suffering and you know a lot of people have an objection to the idea to to the idea of an eternal hell. If they they want to believe that uh, the churches use the idea of eternal flame and fire to control people, that's simply not the case. At least it shouldn't be. You know, if you know that s someone is doing something that is going to lead to their ruin, then you have an obligation to tell them, hey. I need to warn you about this. And if they refuse to listen, then you've done what you're supposed to do, and they're responsible for their own fate. That's all it is. A person who is doing what God wants them to do is not going to try to uh, use hell to scare, uh, I mean, to intimidate anybody. I mean, the thought of burning in hell for all eternity is a scary thought, and it should scare people. Uh, and if it scares somebody into genuinely, genuinely in believing in Christ, then yes, that is a good thing. You know, their spiritual growth will uh, will take place after their salvation. The Lord will show them the other things about salvation that it's more than just fire insurance. And uh, we will end this uh, program today. Uh, but before I do that, as always, I want to say that if there's anybody listening to this or if you know somebody who does not know Christ, then I pray right now that, uh, Lord, Father, I pray that uh, you will direct your spirit towards the, the heart of the unbelieving person who is either listening to this or uh, knows somebody who is listening to this. Maybe they can speak to that person, you know, and uh, I pray that they would open their hearts to your blood, to, to the blood of Jesus Christ, and receive the forgiveness that you offer them for their sins. And it's in Jesus Christ's name I pray this. Amen. Thank you all for listening to this program, and I hope that you have a blessed and wonderful day.